Welcome to the Fierce Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Hayley Maxwell, brand clarity and messaging coach, copywriter, ferocious ice cream eater and leopard print lover. If you're ready to harness the incredible brand building power of words so you can become memorable, meaningful and the only real choice for your dream clients, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the Fierce Impact podcast. And today I'm super excited because I have a very special guest for you, Rachel Claver, who I will introduce in just a moment. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is all about owning your weird and standing out from the crowd. So let me just first of all introduce Rachel to you. If you want to become more confident with your marketing, especially on showing up more and building a personal brand for your business, then Rachel Claver's your person. Once shamed from being called a shameless self-promoter in a national gossip column, Rachel now owns it and thrives on helping small business owners to build their own personal brand to strengthen their business. Rachel co-owns Identify Marketing with her husband Rod and identify work with clients on marketing strategies and action plans, training small business owners in how to use the digital tools they need to grow. Rachel's goal is to help clients build a web of content that helps them to build trust in the business and the person behind it. And her book on content marketing, Be a Spider, Build a Web, comes out in May 2022. And Rachel is the host of the podcast, Map It Marketing, which if you haven't listened to it before, is an awesome zero fluff podcast that I love. So make sure you put it on your podcast list. And I've been following Rachel for a while now. And one of the things I most enjoy about the way that Rachel shows up online and the message that she shares is that she really advocates for stepping into your own brand of weird and owning your voice as a business owner and showing up as yourself. And it's a message that I wholeheartedly agree with because there's so much noise online and so much competition and attention spans are shorter. So we really need to consider as part of our brand and marketing strategy, how we're going to cut through the noise and stand out in a sea of sameness. And my belief is we can't just leave it to chance. We've got to be willing to tap into our personality, our quirks, our unique perspectives, and to turn the heat up on these in a way that helps us to become more memorable. So without further ado, let's jump into it. I know it's going to be a cracking conversation. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me on your show. And I love that you're wearing a um, a cobweb shirt. I am. I with the theme of this. your book. I did. I got. But I actually put this on specially for you um, because oh, I was like, you. you know what? I, I actually got this especially for that. It's way too big. But I was like, I'm going to use this. <laughs> I was going to have it as a with my book. Then I was like, whoa, it's really baggy, but it's really great for podcasts because you can't see how big it is underneath. So it's all good. But yeah, I, I, awesome. I think it's really important. One of those things with brands is for me is that having clothes that align with your messaging or clothes that do that really help you step into it. And so one of those things that I do is I do carefully consider the clothes that I wear and the clothes I wear in videos or things like that are often very different to the clothes I wear in real life 
because no. I do separate it out uh, because yeah. I do consciously step into that look and feel. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I, I love that because I kind of do the same with my clothes. So a lot of my wardrobe is leopard print. Yes. <laughs> so pretty much whenever I show up and I'm, you know, yeah, on video or having client calls, I'm always like, okay, if I haven't got leopard print on today, I need to go and put it on because it's kind of it's part of my brand. brand. It does. Exactly. And I think, I think for me, the reason I do it, because people go, oh, but is that not, you know, you talked about being real in brands, but one of the things that I think with it is it helps me in those days where I I don't feel I'm having, you know, I'm having a tired brain day to day. So on those days, it's really important to step into your brand clothes to help you remember who you are and, and put that on. And then when you finish, you can take that off and go back to quiet mouse day if you want to, but it really helps. And I have two different brands. So I actually have like two different brands of colors and I have a, my studio here. I have my whole wardrobe here with clothes and it makes it easy to change clothes. And I know that the clothes I wear are going to go with the colors of my brand as well. It's that yeah, whole thing, yeah. you know, it just makes it easier. Oh, completely. And yeah, I love that. And I think we don't often think about those sorts of things when it comes to our brand and, and shaping that personality. We don't often think about, oh, well, actually, let's make sure that we're reflecting this in all aspects, including things like our wardrobe. And I, I actually wonder, actually, it'd be quite good if we could um, get an allowance from our, you know, through our business for clothes. Maybe I should chat to my accountant about that. It's a uniform. Clothes, but you can with <laughs> costumes. So I have like a road cone costume. Um, yes. so I, I was allowed to buy that. I have wing, like angel wings. And also I have a couple of things. And the other thing I like about it is that my husband who works with me, he's great, but he is happiest in shorts and t-shirts and jandals. Um, and so our life is very casual. It gives me an opportunity to have quite dress up clothes for work that I wouldn't always wear during the weekends. And yeah. I also have a pair of Lucy and Lack really bright audacious overalls. And I know that a couple of years he once said to me, wear anything you like, but seriously if we ever go on a date and you're wearing a pair of overalls that are brightly colored that's it so I get to wear those at work <laughs> that's awesome I love it <laughs> and so um I really wanted to start off by talking about um actually one of your podcast episodes and I think it was it was how I lost and found my voice in 2021 and I'll put a link to it in the show notes because in that you shared about how you sort of felt that you'd lost your way a little bit last year when it came to showing up in a way that was sort of truly aligned with who you were and then how you found yourself again and I think that there were some really important messages in that episode and that a lot of us will actually resonate with particularly around you know the fact that we consume so much of other people's online content it's really easy for us to kind of try and emulate what other people are doing because we see them being successful even when their approach to marketing isn't isn't necessarily something that's right for us or aligned with us so could you maybe start by sharing a little bit of your experience last year and just and talk talk us through that a lot of it came from, uh, we were talking just before the podcast started, people, I hate when people say that, but it's true, we were doing that. And we were talking about how I really have fallen in love with TikTok this year, and I'm really enjoying the fluidity of it and how you love Instagram. And last year, like Instagram was something for me that I had never really, um, I'd never seen big gains in. I had never really fallen in love with it. It's a platform that makes me, feel, I, I feel like um, a bit of a square peg and a round hole in Instagram. Um, I feel Instagram is something we, even though they say it's relaxed, you need to still have a certain aesthetic and I'm not consistent with aesthetics. I like mess, messing things around and being a bit 
um, you know, this today I'm doing this and this day I'm doing something else. And Instagram doesn't like that. Instagram likes having quite a clear aesthetic so that people get to know who you are and those sort of things. And so what I did is I was like, this year, so last year, 2021, I am going to submit to the algorithm. Algorithm. I am going to learn how to do it. I need to do this for my clients. I can't keep on saying, here, hey, this is how you're doing it. If I haven't done it myself and walked through it. And so I did that and I, and I was like, and if I do this, I'm going to have this massive following and it's going to be amazing. And, you know, I had all those ideas. And so I started watching other big accounts and the big marketing accounts, you know, not New Zealand accounts, you know, 100,000, 150,000, 250,000 people. And what happened was I started listening to what they were saying, trying to do it. But the more I did it, the more I lost me. And I started to doubt mm. the way I did stuff. And really, like this, the whole upshot of it was I realized for a few things, when I interviewed a whole bunch of those people, because I was fascinated, I had them on my podcast, I talked to them privately nearly all of them were doing less revenue and profit than I was already. So they were already not doing as well. So they look really big and successful, but they weren't making money. So some of them were going, oh, you know, I did $3 million turnover and were saying to me in the thing, I haven't made a profit yet. So even the ones that had big amounts weren't profitable. And I was like, whoa, hang on. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here as a small business owner trying to prove that you can make money on Instagram and sell on Instagram. So that was a bit of a disconnect. But the other thing was, is that when you chase that and chase trying to fit all those sort of things in and you forget your own voice, you drop the ability to find the audience that is best for you. And that audience may never be large. I think that's the biggest thing is chasing numbers. So, you know, I don't know if it's the same with you when you talk to people, but I asked my Facebook group early on the year for Instagram, what's your one goal for Instagram? And nearly every single person said, double my followers mm. it's the wrong goal the right goal is double my engagement increase you know increase the conversion to sale double the um the community feel i've got in my group those are the things that count and that's the stuff you get when you have a brand voice but what mm. people want is they think i need big numbers yeah. and i think that's where we lose ourselves because we try and emulate other people to get that yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's, I think that you can have goals to grow your audience, but it's about growing an audience of the right people. So the right fit for you and your business and your brand and the, the kind of people that you really want to, to work with, because there's no point in just um, putting yourself out there and trying to attract anyone and everyone you actually want to really attract the people that enjoy your particular vibe um, that really connect with you and your personality and the way that you share your perspectives and that sort of thing and I think that's oh, a bit that we really really often sort of get caught up in forgetting about it all. I think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a growth mm. in your account. And there's obviously there are people with really big accounts that have amazing engaged followings. I follow some of those people and I love the community they've built. And I think it's amazing. What I think happens is we start with, I need to grow to grow my business instead of, 
I need to work on getting my brand voice really clear of who I am. I need to become more confident of showing my face. I need to show and find ways to display who I am and what I'm about and be brave enough to show my values and be brave enough to show those things that matter and trust that it will create a small group of people who love that and engage with it. And then when you've nailed that and you've got that really right, then you can grow. Then you can work on those, those reels for growth and those short posts for growth and all those sort of things. But it's getting that engaged content and a really clear message first before mm. you jump into that growth. Absolutely. I could, yeah, I couldn't agree with that more because I think there's, you know, there is a lot of work almost to do before you. I mean, I never want people to stop showing up, but I think there's a lot of work to do behind the scenes from a brand perspective that quite often we um, skip over in the process of starting our business and we obviously are wanting to get clients in the door we're wanting to start making some money we need to start making money and then we become busy and it's really hard for us to then kind of go back and say actually what are my brand foundations and and start to build the brand from it is really building the brand from the bottom up bottom up and being really clear about who you are as you know as a business as a brand and how you want to show up and how you want people to perceive you I think that's a really fundamental part that we do often skip over and I look I have skipped over it like I it's the hardest thing as a strategist is to do your own marketing strategy Absolutely. and I'll get halfway through it and then I get sidetracked and I'm off doing someone else's work and you know I I'm really lucky that I have a business partner that I can reflect off I've got other strategists in the team I can talk to but in the end it's often me doing the creation of that strategy and working it through and I will sometimes be preaching to someone about what to do or I'm halfway through the strategy and I'm crazily going all right, I need to fix that thing on my website. Oops, Daisy. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I know that I'm not getting it. And you don't yeah. have to get it all right. Like I always say that the idea of marketing is just to be a little bit less shit than your competitors. You don't have to be the gold standard all the time. You just need to be that little bit better. Um, and most of them are shit. And I don't mean that most of your competitors are shit. I mean that people do historically do a bad job in their marketing. So you just have to do mm -hmm. like a little bit better than them to stand mm -hmm. out. Unless you're in marketing, like us, or you're in skincare or something like that. And in which case, you know, it's going to be tricky. But but for a lot of people, you don't have to do a huge amount. But mm -hmm. I do think that it is that taking the time out. And I have been doing that this year. Um, I haven't been on Instagram as much. I'm blocking out time. I've actually got today. Um, one of the things I've put on here is to have my time on my on my table with no screens, actually planning out. I've got a... a, a basically a, a process and I'm, I'm quite happy to share a little bit of that today to give some people some practical practical ideas that really help me tailor in I think also and this isn't just Instagram but across the board this year I've been quite brave for myself fierce in that our our team does marketing strategies for absolutely every type of business and we you know the smallest person we've worked with this year has had a eleven thousand dollar turnover and the largest company we've worked with has had a 50 million plus you know like it's a huge broad thing but what yeah. i've allowed myself to do this year is really niche down on the fact that i love working with people on their personal brands and so for me that's helped me define my messaging I think it is hard. A lot of people go very broad. Like you, you've got a great yeah. niche because you're like, this is my niche. 
Yeah. You know, that's what I'm sticking to. And I think that's a powerful thing to do because it makes it easier to crack the content. A lot of small business owners struggle with that because they try to do everything. That's yeah, too that's hard. It. It yeah. is. That's it. I think it's almost, you know, niche down, focus on one core thing, get really good at that, work out your messaging for that. And once that's up and running and you're known for that thing, then then you can sort of expand and expand an offering. So or even, um, you know, you you talk about one or two particular offerings that you have behind the scenes. You might do other things, but you bring your clients to you by becoming an expert and talking about those one or two main things. And then when people are actually working with you, then you let them know that you also can help them in these other ways as well. So it just means that you're not constantly trying to think, oh, how am I going to um, how am I going to show up today? What am I going to talk about? You know, it becomes a lot less sort of piecemeal. So, so yeah. I think um, you and I both have done a post. We both did them on very separate months, possibly even years. Um, I'm pretty sure it was you, um, but the iceberg analogy, where basically it might not have been you, but I but I but I always do like a, an idea of showing like really your offer is an iceberg you have a, a the tip of what you're sharing online is not what you do and business owners really struggle with this I always say it's narrowing the arrows so you show the pointy tip the narrow pointy tip of what you do there can be a whole lot of stuff under here but you show the thing that either is your core service or is the service that tends to lead to other work or your products. So even yeah, with, yeah. if you've got huge amounts of SKUs of products, there might be like three or four different things that are your core things that you sell well over and over again. Those are the things you talk about, sprinkle with a bit of difference every now and again, but mainly focus on that. It just makes message, it's too hard to do a broad message. You can't exactly. do it effectively. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, by focusing on just you know, one or two things, that, that tip of the iceberg that you were talking about means that you can stand out, you know, because you're standing out for something in particular rather than sort of standing out for a multitude of different things, which is never going to happen because people are not going to really ever grasp, you know, the variety of things that you kind of do. And I guess, so in terms of, you know, having a, a unique voice and letting your voice sort of come through, why do you think that that is um, such an important part of sort of building a, building a brand? So there's a couple of things. One, uh, I'll give an example. So my book, Be a Spider, Build a Web, I'm, it's the first book I've ever self-published. So all my other books have been with publishers. But I, so I've got someone who's helping me do that process and they did a book design and the book designer came back. I'd briefed them pretty clearly. Um, and then I merely realized my brief was completely inaccurate. Um, but I, I put them in my Facebook group, which is people who have followed me because of my personal brand. And I didn't mind a couple of them. And they're like, absolutely not. These are not okay. This does not reflect you. This Where is the quirky, weird Rachel that we love? And it was a real reminder that your personal brand will attract people who like you. And this is why it's so, so important that your brand is who you really are. Because I spent a long time in my life worried that people would not like the weird me or the mm. different me and I had people who didn't like it so that would I would take that very much deeply to heart and they still won't like it but you know but what I've realized is it's so liberating just to show up as yourself and who you are I'm doing this my hair is not made I have no makeup on that is pretty much me that's who I am and I can be goofy I can be serious I can do those things but it's pure me and yeah. so when people choose to follow me, I don't have to try and pretend to be 
anything but me. I don't have to pretend like I am not, I swear like a trooper, but I don't use swearing a lot in my brand um, because I don't, I don't like, I don't like doing that occasionally, but I, you know, I'm quite happy to drop an F-bomb here and there um, with people I know well. That's so, I, you know, there's that, but you know, like I'm not into like dissing other people in my brand. I don't have that because that's actually not who I am. Um, and so I I like that I just have created this thing that is who I am, how I communicate, and it attracts clients that love that. So they trust you more. You trust them because they like you and you can do better work. Like the whole Mm. thing works better when you're just showing up as yourself. And look, I always say, I don't care what your personality is like. If you've got a really shitty personality, people are still going to love you. And I always use the Hitler or the Trump. Hope no one loves Trump here, but you know, like I always use the Hitler or Trump thing. Trump got 70 million view, uh, votes last in the last election. There are people who love Trump. I personally do not love Trump, but mm. people do. You know, like you look at our leader now in New Zealand, there are people who absolutely adore her and other people who think she's literally the antichrist. Like there's this complete divide yep. between those two things. She's just the person she is. So whoever you are, people will love you. Don't try yeah. and pretend you're not anything else because it's exhausting trying to be someone else. Well, and that's, me on a that's it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think, you know, I think it's really important to have these kinds of conversations and to really, you know, talk about this because when you, from, from my perspective, when you actually step into just being yourself, then actually things like your marketing become a lot easier because you're not trying to put on a persona. You're not trying to live up to a particular expectation or standard that is kind of in your in your head that you feel like you need to be upholding. So I just, I know that, you know, when, as I've sort of got over time, you know, stepped into kind of my own personality more and just let that sort of shine through, that it actually becomes a lot easier and, and so it goes back to, yeah, what you were saying, you know, like you can just show up as you and not, not worry so much. Yeah, I do. Like, I want to, I want to be really honest here because I think I'm quite a boring person. Um, I'm, there's something that happens when a camera comes on me or when I'm creating where I'm just a little bit, I'm, I'm the extra, I'm actually an introvert and people never believe that. You know, I'll speak at a conference and I'll be fully, all systems go. And I'll say to people, look, if you come and talk to me afterwards, I'm just letting you know, you're going to be bored by me. This will have exhausted me. So I'm going to sound like I've been drinking alcohol all day because I'm going to start slurring because I'm tired because I've used all my energy. And and so what I I, I noted down here when you're talking, Mm -hmm. I think for me, my brand is 10% more than my relaxed self. So I do definitely add an energy. I think that's the thing that people do get confused with. Mm. You can't like, if I just, I'm just going to do it now. So this is, this is me talking normally. And this is how I would talk normally. If I was just talking to my husband, I would talk like this. This kind of tone is nice and it's good, but it doesn't give as much interest interest and and dynamic things. I'm moving my hands around more. So it means I've got that more movement. It is you, but there is, a need to bring an energy and you do have to bring that in because whatever your brand is if you don't do that especially with cameras it does fall flat and I think that's the thing that people miss you have to know who you are you have to stand in who you are and then you just bring it (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) don't go back 
yeah no exactly it's it's kind of turning that dial up to 11 isn't it so it's like just taking it and turning it up on the parts of you that yeah, you really want to share it's turning those yeah. up as opposed to seeking external influences um yeah it's yes. about bringing those things out of you and bringing that energy and that enthusiasm and putting it behind those elements of your own personality so yeah, yeah. I love that. and I will just say because you talked about the external elements um so I'm very careful I probably do consume way too much content because I my brain just likes the distraction but I use a, a tool called Notion. Um, I use it with my coaching clients and I use it for myself. And it's got like a little reading list and it's got like a content creation ideas list. And so what I do, I used to take snapshots of stuff, but I, I forget. What I do is if I see something that I like or I go, that's good content, I immediately grab that and put it in Notion with why I liked it and then I just move on. And so I've kind of coded it. So one might be around like personal brand or one might be like marketing tools. And then when I go to plan content, I can pull all that stuff together and make notes. And then I create it in my own voice. I'm not Mm -hmm. replicating what they do. So, so I think it is really important. Like, you know, you're, you're a writer, you can write and create. I have written for years too. So I find it very easy to come up with ideas and create content but that's a hard thing for many, many people to do. Mm, I think absolutely. you do have to research and see what other people are doing. But the key is not to research it and get overwhelmed by it. File it away and take time to reflect on it and then modify it in your way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really good point, isn't it? It's about modifying modifying inspiration that you see out there, um, yes. you know, and making it align with you and your perspectives, and yeah, giving it your own unique spin, really. Yeah, I use I I've got a model called the armed model, which is basically absorb, reflect, modify, execute, distribute. And so what I say with that is that, you know, you need to be armed, like you need to absorb all that information and get that in there. Take time to reflect before you start to create it and then modify it. And that's why like with your brand, like you talked about leopard print and you've got like a a clear color palette that you use and all those sort of things. Having that clear color palette that automatically are going to make it more your style anyway. And I have, um, I don't know if, you, if you'd call them these, Hayley, but I, when I do a strategy with clients, I always say, I want your isms. I, I've left a, bra- yeah, a, a yeah. gap here and I want you to um, put your Hayley-isms. So when you're talking to someone, you go, oh my gosh, that's something I say all the time. Write it down, put it in your plan. Use those isms of things that you say all the time when you're talking to somebody and they become your brand voice. Absolutely. Yeah, that's and that's something I talk about a lot, you know, in terms of bringing your your own personality and your own flavor to your copy and to a message is all about digging into some of those isms that you have. So those phrases that you might might use all all the time or, you know, the way that you the way that you say something or the way that maybe you sign off in an email, for example, might be different to someone else. You know, it's all these little unique things that you might you might do just you know even if you're speaking with friends actually look at that Mm. and think about how you can bring that into your brand because that helps you to sort of set yourself apart you know we don't always need to be this 
formal kind of you know corporate you know brand it's about actually just bringing a bit of that fun and flavor into it as well so it doesn't matter if you have things that you say that are a little bit weird I always say like just embrace it bring your weird (laughs) and the other thing that's good with that is that people can't copy that that's the thing they can't copy um I went with a client a couple of weeks ago and she mentioned during the session she said oh you know these particular people are gnarly little buggers and I wrote it down and I I put it in her plan as an example of something that she could say because she she used that term a few times that is not necessarily professional but shows the flavor of who she is and the way she describes things and I think that's so important because that's the bit that people remember there is nothing more exciting to me than the moment where I am on LinkedIn and someone says so this morning I was being a spider and sometimes they say like Rachel Claver says and sometimes they go so this morning I was working on building my web and I'm always I always go and comment and go love to see you being a spider and they're like yep I always think about you when I do that (laughs) and that's powerful yeah, absolutely. And I don't care if they never work with me. They are yep. preach. They've used the idea of my analogy, and then they're able to do that. That's what a brand is, and it doesn't yep. matter if it's not thousands of people. No, exactly. I think the other thing it does as well is, you know, using your isms and, you know, using the analogies that you share and things like that. Like you say, people begin to associate with that and that helps to make you more memorable. Because I know like for me, I've had people who have been out in in shops and things like that. And they've sent me photos of on Instagram of leopard print outfits or leopard print notebooks all sorts of things they say hey I I saw this and I thought of you and and that's exactly what we're wanting to do with our brand it's about also trying to make you spend money evil evil exactly (laughs) (laughs) so but I I think that's an important point isn't it it's about being unique and memorable in our own kind of little way and in enjoying that as well and I think that it's about and I know that this is something you've talked about before is about breaking that pattern of sameness essentially yeah be a pattern breaker and I want to talk a little bit about that about why I choose often to wear no makeup in my videos and stuff too because this is an interesting thing with women in particular that we have this idea that we've got to present this perfect face to people all the time And if you are someone who habitually wears makeup and does your hair every day, then all power to you, 100% do that. But I don't. And for a long time when I was doing video, I would be like, okay, I have to wait for a good hair day. I'm a swimmer. I haven't swum for a a while recently, but you know, I often have my hair up because I've been in the pool and I can't have it down. Um, I don't wear a lot of makeup generally. I don't like having a lot on my face. And so I would do this thing where I would do these shoot days and I'd put all this makeup on and spend ages doing my hair. And then I'd have a really good idea or have some time, but it wasn't a shoot day. And I'd be like, oh, I can't create content today because I don't look good enough. And so for me, I wanted to do that. You don't have to do that, but I really encourage you to think about just being the person you are today. We shouldn't say this perfection. It doesn't have to be perfection. It used to be that is very old school. It is about creating who you are because whoever you show up to them in a Zoom call or in a meeting is the person they need to see on camera. And so mm. when we're talking about video, that's so important. Um, you, you've got me today with my half eyebrow. I've got one eyebrow that's only like a half. I noticed this is a thing, right? And I think too, I don't, when I'm doing video or content, 
I'm not sitting there trying to get my best side because when people talk to us, they see every side of us. They don't That's just so see true. like the perfect best side of us. And so show them those things. That's That makes them feel like they know you better and then they trust you more. So in terms of visual absolutely. stuff, that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really love that. And one of the things I wanted to talk about with you was um, your Dr. Seuss and your road cone outfits. And I know that you mentioned them in passing um, a little bit earlier, but yeah, I think that that kind of embodies, you know, that whole, you know, stepping out and doing what feels fun and right and aligned to you and kind of, as you say, owning that space and owning your own weird. And so can you talk to us a little bit about that? So I think a couple of things. One, I haven't done a lot recently because it's been so freaking hot. Yeah. And that road cone thing, the last <laughs> time I did it, I could feel the sweat trickling in behind without even really wearing anything underneath it. So I was like, I am waiting till it's cooler. So I do, I have a whole wardrobe of costumes. I've got huge big, I've got black and white angel wings because I had this idea of doing like the good and the yes. bad. Yeah. I think for me, this is where it slips into personal brand but but actually having fun um I love drama as a kid um I I've told the story before uh, but probably never on a podcast um I love drama I wanted to be a singer and an actor that's what I wanted to be when I grew up that's what I wanted to do um I love performing and I got one of the lead roles in a in our school production I thought this is my big break and it was like huge and I was super excited it was a big deal and I had solos and I was like this is amazing and then they hit me with you are going to be doing this number in the middle of the stage and you'll be wearing pants because I was it was a girl's school so I was in a male role um wearing pants and they were very unflattering and I was I was I've always been big so like finding things that good and I'd read in 17 magazine that you should have three gaps in your legs you should have one between your ankles and your calf between your um, your calf and your knees and then you should have the thigh gap and I had the one between my calf my ankles and my calf and that was it and I was like every single person in that audience will see the fact that I do not have a gap and mm-hmm. they will not accept me for being on that stage and so I quit the role oh. and I feel like and I, I talk about this a lot because I'm 50 I'm generation x and I think that a lot of women in my generation really struggle we all do but really struggle with this idea that we had to be this perfected thing to be able to do it and I think a lot of that has shifted but obviously it's still there and I'm like this I'm really close to using the swear but I am reclaiming the joy I used to get from performing I I love singing I love performing and it allows me to have fun and play and break that pattern of having to have something that is just me so I can say Mm -hmm. things sometimes that I wouldn't say I can put on a, a voice I can use a voiceover if I want to but it just allows me to do that and you don't have to do that it's really important but for me it makes me feel liberated yeah absolutely yeah and yeah I love it I think you're visiting my youth yeah exactly and I think it's just trying trying different things and seeing how they feel for you and taking taking what you enjoy most um, and leaving the other bits behind and you know and just and running with it and seeing what happens you know owning it like if it feels really good to you own it because then that is what's going to help you to stand out that's what's going to make people go oh hey like she's doing something different here this is you know this is fun or this is interesting or you know they get value in 
a different kind of way that maybe is unexpected. And I talk about that unexpected factor quite a bit because I think that that's that's what we need to do in a way to it's to break that it's that pattern interrupt as well as being unexpected because we hear so much of the same same um, and so we're needing to kind of break that pattern by being a little bit more unexpected and that's what can yeah. help us get a bit of attention I think too for me I I'm a real believer because I'm telling people to push their boundaries I've got clients who truly hate the sound of their voice or truly hate the way they look they have made they're beautiful people they're all beautiful but they have true problems with that and I'm like if I'm not pushing against my own feelings of comfort I am forgetting what it's like for me now and this I teach this this is a really important thing I teach with video in particular I know personal brand isn't just video but video is the fastest way to grow a personal brand because they can see your expressions they can tell whether you're giving a shit right now like they can tell um but what I do is I say look when I'm doing it, talking to a camera, I'm actually just thinking about my very favorite person in the world. Actually, probably isn't Rod because he'd be rolling his eyes at half the stuff I do. He loves it, but he'd, <laughs> he'd be like, oh my gosh. But I think about the person that I'm talking to and I'm just yeah. talking to that person. And I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking, how am I going to love this person more? How am I going to serve this person more? I'm not thinking about the way I look. And from doing that, I have discovered that I love to move in videos. I've shown my whole body. I've worn very unflattering clothes in a video and had amazing results from those and got clients from them. I've mm-hmm. used photos of myself where all 17 chins are showing, you know, like, and it's all worked and people have come and been a client of mine. This idea that we've got to show perfection to get the clients we want is eliminating our chance to choose, have clients who truly love every aspect of who we are. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really love that. How do you think that we can overcome that fear of showing up more as ourselves? That is an excellent question. It has nothing to do with you. I think that is the biggest thing is we are so scared of doing it because we're we're actually obsessed about ourselves. We're obsessed about how we're going to come across and what people will think about us and all those things. And I had all those fears too. I, you know, I, you mentioned in the thing I, I was, I was put in a, I'd spoken at this big event. I'd actually been asked to make, it was like a big break. I was speaking at a book event and people loved it. The head of the person that did it said, we're going to put you on a national tour the per- another person that had been part of that hated that and basically went no if you do that I'll quit like it was this it was a huge opportunity for me that got squashed by someone and then about two weeks later that came up in this magazine saying I was a shameless self-promoter and it crushed me and I felt like oh, it's really bad to do that but I I back then I was promoting because I was a single mom of three kids and I had to make sure that I was feeding them and I was keeping the power on and I wasn't a shameless self-promoter. I was terrified that I wasn't going to be able to support my family. And then Absolutely. in the early days of Identify, it was similar. We grew a really big team. I had, I It was poorly constructed. It was not, not the team's fault. It was mine. And I was having to promote all the time then to, sit, to feed the bellies of the people that I had employed. Like I had to do this mm. thing. And, and that that's not a reason to promote like it's a good way to instigate but to maintain and build a really good brand it has to stop being about you and it has to be about the gift you're giving someone 
what happens in their life if you don't share what you know and how you know it and all those things with the people in front of you what will be the impact to them focus on them what are they going to miss out on and how can you give it to them and what is the best way to give that to them and why would you let them miss out on you and I think that was the thing that helped me understand that a personal brand is not about saving my business or making money. It is about, you do make money, but it's not about that. It's about serving your audience. And that helps me get up and take risks. That helps me push through. That helps me do video on days I don't want to do it. That helps me turn up and do a live, even though, you know, I really would like to stay in bed today. It helps me do all those things because it's not about me. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think the other thing, like from my perspective, is that when we quite often we get caught up in thinking that people are going to be thinking about us a lot more than they actually do. You know, like I don't yeah. I think that sometimes, like, for example, you might think to yourself, oh, I can't do that because what will people think? They might think X, Y, Z. They might think this, that and the other. They're going to think, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and those those thoughts that we have, they are all valid. But the reality is, is that the other person that's looking at your content, then they're, they're not going to be analyzing it to that that degree. That's the thing. No. We get so caught up in that thought pattern in our head that we don't re we don't remember to sort of stop and take a breath and go, actually, that person is just going to be scrolling through on Instagram. They'll stop, they'll have a quick look, have a quick watch, and then they will sort of scroll on and they'll either vibe with us, you know, and enjoy what we've got to offer or they won't. And that's that's OK. It's about really then, you know, repelling and attracting the right right people. But really, at the end of the day, most people actually aren't that interested and aren't that focused on what we're actually doing how rude <laughs> like how rude is that I, 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 for me I think the other thing is I was I wanted to be liked I was a huge people pleaser and I wanted everyone to like me mm. and I get so upset when people didn't my the game changer for me I hate using that phrase but you know the whole thing that changed my impact was when I realized like I you know when we talk about a website and we say you know a good converting website can be generally about one to three percent will take action that day you know 30 percent might take action within a month and then another 33 percent will take action within a long period of time but at least 33 percent of people who go this is not my person I don't like them and so I applied that knowledge to my brain and went a third of all people who come in contact with me will not like me, will never want to work with me, will never get me, don't want to be around me. And some of them might care enough, a, a small portion, maybe 1%, might sometimes come and be nasty to me on the internet and be a troll because they just, for some reason, that's what they, they've got to do. But the vast majority will just scroll on past. They won't care. And it was a it was such a release and I think for me and we talked about before you know I tried to be all these other things and I tried to fit myself into stuff and I think we do that we do that when we're trying to work out our brand is I would rather be hated for the person that I actually am instead of the carbon copy of what I feel I should be and then be like no no, no but that's not me this is the real me that's a very exhausting, and I was stuck in that cycle for a very long time in my adult life of trying to be the thing that I thought people wanted, but then when they didn't like it, try to correct it with, no, no, this is who I am, and they didn't believe it because I've been presenting this other Rachel that I thought they'd like better. Yeah, absolutely. 
just show up as who you are. Like people are going to hate you no matter what form of person you are. Um, people also love you, but there will be always people who don't like you. So yeah. just be who you are and then they can make a call and then you can go, well, you obviously have very bad taste moving on, which you can't do when you're <laughs> exactly. trying to be someone else. You know, you can't because no. you're like, I oh, know, but that isn't really who I am. He's the real person. Like it, you exactly. can't do it. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And so from your perspective, what are some of the key things that people can do to stand out from the crowd like if you were to give some sort of practical suggestions around how someone can actually start putting this into place what are some of those key things that you would say to people to to give a go but I want you so say if we're looking at Instagram um I you know there's a good one to use because it's so visual don't go and look at everyone else's Instagram stuff don't don't go and do that what I'd like you to do is step out of that and go and have a look at your wardrobe and find clothes that you like go and look at um go to a paint shop and look at wallpapers and look at the colors you like um go and think about the people that you hang out with and what people you like hanging out with most and who bring out the best of you and feel think about your real moments and create a brand from your real life and the things you like like there's a whole lot of stuff around bigger brands using particular colors for psychology and stuff like that but I've seen people on Instagram grow very engaged audiences with colors that are not trendy, outfitting, and things like that. Um, there's a really cool uh, website called creativemarket.com. And one of the things that I did that really liberated me was I spent a good, a good afternoon one time on there. And it has all these different images. And you can download them and upload them into Canva as your own images. And so I went in and, and went, I love this stuff. And it's not, it's it's my, it's I'm responding to it in some way. So we bought it, it was like 35 US or something, downloaded them. And then we started using that in our brand. And I immediately made, made me feel like it was me. And I think... Yeah. I think that the, the mistake we make is we look on the internet at established accounts and think we've got to be like that. The trick is to step into your life and actually look at what you really love in life and what you really enjoy and then bring those elements, not all of it, but bring those elements in to create that brand. And if you do that, it really helps. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think places like Creative Market are great to, to go and check out and see what sort of things that you can use that are going to help your brand to feel more you. But yeah, the only downside with those is that I don't, you know, like you, like I sort of go on places like that and I end up going down a hole. Oh, you've got to love it, right? Like I think <laughs> love it. With a brand is finding that. And I will just say, like when we originally did it, we both, like my daughter helped me, she works with us and she also was like, I was feeding ideas and saying, what do you think of this? They're really good because my daughters are really good mm -hmm. at going, that's not your brand or that's not you. Yeah. Like they're quite good at that too. Um, and I think that's the same thing too. Find out with people that you trust. Like, do you think this is me? Yeah. Because they'll go, that's not really a reflection of who you are. And if everyone's saying that, but you know, it's you, there might be a disconnect from what you feel you've been doing and what you've been showing people yeah. too. Like there is that. But, but people will start to say it and, and identify it. But the other thing with the creator, the creative market that I learned was I found this font that I loved and I love, I still love that font, but it didn't actually respond well to Instagram because it was quite hard to read on a small screen. So sometimes you right. do have to make adjustments that actually are also about the usability. So we have that as one yeah. of our official fonts, but we have quite a blocky font that we use on Instagram just because it's simpler to read. So you know, there's sometimes a technical thing to it, 
But I do recommend with brand colors, don't overthink it. Just go for stuff that really resonates with who you are. And then think about and look at your wardrobe. Like, what do you like wearing? You know, I've got a, a friend, um, Sarah, she wears a lot of pink. So she naturally added that to her brand colors. But it also means that she can wear that pink easily when she's doing things, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that's part of it. I think the other thing for in terms of that voice is, is, actually again taking your mind off Instagram and spending that time to think about your isms uh, there's a really good book I recommend people buy um, it's by a woman called Caroline Mays it's someone once called it the, the most expensive book for the number of words in it um, which is called bio like Beyonce but what she does is she makes you like go through and write down like all the things that have happened in your life and then you pull out from that and that really helped me work out what my messaging was a little bit because yeah. it helped me work out what were some things that threaded through that really counted for me. Mm. Um, and so I think, I think for me, it, it's, it's, you know, we talked, I think we talked about this before the podcast up, but um, Natalie Coombs says, you know, being a business owner is the biggest personal self-development journey you'll ever take. Mm, and I think absolutely. to build a brand, you do have to do some work on your personal development. If you don't know who you are and you can't sum up your core values and who you are as a person and what you care about, if you don't know that, a personal brand building is going to be very difficult for you. That has to be done before you move forward yeah. and do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And yeah, we did we did touch on that. And I think that particularly things like your values um, really help you in terms of being having a filter almost mm -hmm. that you're running everything through. And so and that comes down to, you know, everything that you are trying to do. So it might whether it's, you know, your brand colors or what you're talking mm -hmm. about or your voice in particular, you know, always coming back to your values and saying, do these things align with my values um, helps you to build a stronger brand in my in so. my opinion yeah very much so and, and I think it makes it easier um and just the other thing this is a like a purely content framework part of thing but um you know you do need to have a, a clearly defined niche or thing that you're talking about but then what I normally suggest you do is you create three underneath that that are kind of sub niches underneath that and that helps with content creation and kind of tying everything together so um, for example for um, I don't think these are mine I'm, I'm working on this today because I've been reworking it but so for example oh personal brand so if I was saying personal brand one might be on mindset one might be on the tools that you need and another one might be on the strategy so those might be my three and then I could have like little subgroups underneath it mm -hmm. but that creates my content and still keeps it I can still go quite broad but it's within this lovely niche that's sticking true and making it easier to do it yeah exactly no that's fantastic and so I think that that's a really good place for us to kind of wrap up with this um but there are some questions that I would really love to ask you that I'm asking yes. guests <laughs> and so the first of those is around um, what does being fierce in business mean to you so I feel like this is kind of what we talked about in here I, but for me being fierce is as someone who was a single mom, who was a people pleaser, who was all those things, for me, being fierce has been learning to be true to myself and also to put my needs first. And I still struggle with this. You know, I, I'm going through this myself at the moment, learning to do that, because if you don't look after yourself first, you can't fiercely protect everything else around you. 
Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. And I, but I think it's, it's like you said, it's really hard to actually for us to do and to, to keep doing, you know, sometimes we think to ourselves, yep, going to really put myself first, look after myself. Um, um, but I then would... it's not long before we slide back into those old ways again. It's so, so true. Um, I, I'm, I'm learning to do it. Um, I'm, I'm in a real place where I am definitely doing it. And I'll just give an example. Over the weekend, um, what my daughter asked if she'd like, if I could do something with her. And I said, without thinking, no, I really don't want to do that. And it was actually, everyone laughed because it was so unlike what I do. But what's happening is my brain is actually starting to really be clear around what's good for me to do and what's not good for me to do. And I'm I'm not quite used to keeping it in my inside voice at the moment, I'm, but I'm learning. It's obviously me developing this thing of going, actually, I'm going to keep really firm to these boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think it is very important, you know, as businesswomen who also often have children and other things we're doing and all those things, we do have to fiercely protect the needs of ourselves to be looked after. Because if we don't, you can't be consistent with building a brand. No, that's it. Yeah, you end up running on empty, don't you? And it's, yeah, everything kind of goes out the window. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so uh, what impact do you want to make with your, your business? So I started my career as a teacher, as a primary school teacher. And to be honest, the impact is exactly the same as it was then. There is nothing more amazing for me than watching the light go on someone else's eyes when they've learned something. And Mm -hmm. I don't really care how many people I do that with. You know, it's not a numbers game for me. But if I can be doing that on a regular basis, that is the impact that I want to give. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And what's one piece of advice that um, you've been given that's kind of made an impact on how you do business or how you approach it? Oh, this is a painful one. I am a shiny object syndrome person. I love anything. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. I get very distracted. Um, so my piece of advice has actually come from my husband, Rod, who is our business, my business partner as well. Every time I come up with an idea, he says, does that align with the big picture? And so I am learning to internalize that question. So now when I suggest something to him, I go, and yes, I've checked, it does align with the big picture. So that has really helped me because we can get very distracted, but if we know what the big goal is and whether it also has to align with our values and with what we're doing um, at the moment and what our goals are for the year. Um, I wanted to do a really cool project. I've been waiting to do it. I've just finished my book and I was like, now's my time to do this cool project. And he said, cool, you can do that project, but there are these things we've committed to already and have you finished all the planning for these? And I was like, no, I haven't. So I, you know, like that's really important for me. I still need help with that. I am constantly... Um, shining object syndrome distracted all the time yeah uh, I completely resonate with that and I think that's a fantastic piece of advice because it yeah if you are you know a, a shiny object syndrome chaser you know you, you chase all the objects like you know we do um, it is so easy to be pulled off course and actually not be able to make that kind of impact that you want to make because you're diluting everything that you're doing is becoming diluted because you're spreading yourself so so thinly and I think you're completely right in terms of you know what your husband said around that piece of advice is that when you have got that focus and when you know things like your values as we talked about earlier it becomes that filter and that that check-in point you know this is what I'm doing these are the values that I've got 
does this align with those things that I've already said I'm going to be doing? If yes, then okay, great. If no, then okay, that needs to be put to the side for now until such a time as, you know, is is right. So yeah, I think that's an awesome piece of advice to, to He's annoying. On. Very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, if you know my audience and listeners, they want to come and check you out, which I highly recommend that you do, um, where can they find you? Let us know all the places to come and stalk you. So definitely check out the podcast, Map It Marketing. Um, we'd love it if you come and be part of our Facebook group, My Map It Marketing, because I share lots of stuff in there around marketing for small businesses. So you're very welcome to be part of that group. Um, and you can come and see us at identifymarketing.co.nz if you're wanting a marketing strategy. But really, um, the My Map It Marketing Facebook group is my place of joy. I love being able to give into that group. So please come and be a part of that and um, check out the podcast, Map It Marketing. Awesome. I will put links to all of those in the show notes as well to make it nice and easy. But thank you so, so much for coming on today, Rachel, and for sharing all this really gold content and information with us. So It was a pleasure. And um, for everyone listening, I'm also hoping to have Hayley on my podcast very soon. So we'll be sure that you hopefully will listen to that too, because she'll be amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, wasn't that an awesome episode? I really hope that you enjoyed our conversation and I really hope that it gave you lots of food for thought in terms of some of the ways that you can differentiate yourself and stand out from the crowd. And if this is a topic that you are really interested in, then make sure you tune in for future episodes because it's something I'm going to be talking about a lot more. So talking about things like your brand message and brand positioning and how those things can help you to really stand out in a sea of sameness. And so if you really enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could rate and review the show. It would mean the absolute world to me and also it helps other people to decide whether or not to listen. And if you'd like to find out more about me and my services and my copywriting freebies, then head on over to hayleymaxwell.com. And until next time, go forth and be fierce.